Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. I'm Jessie Ware, and I'm here remotely with my mum to present our beloved podcast, Table Manners. Um, But before we get going, we just wanted to acknowledge the tragic events that have been happening in America that have kind of woken up the world to the inequalities faced by black people and people of colour. And we recorded the next episode before these tragic events happened. And we, both mum and I, stand in solidarity with the protesters in America and worldwide. And we really hope that change will be coming very, very soon. But we must keep on striving to make that change happen. So back to the podcast. Um, This week, we have Joe Lysett. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and we are still in lockdown. So this is Table Manners Special Circumstances and I'm here with my mum at lunchtime. Say hi, mum. Hi, darling. I'm feeling very happy today. Why? Why are you feeling happy? Because my garden's looking nice. I've got, because I'm here all the time, I'm doing a lot of watering. And I've realised the way to have a nice garden is to water. Oh, shit. Move over, Monty Don. We've got a new bitch in town. (laughs) Yeah. Watering plants does help them grow, Mum. It's amazing, really. If you water them, they're really happy. And they flower and smile back at you. And I bought all sorts of fertiliser online, as, lo- as well as my American Dirt book in German. I did buy three brooms this week as well, by accident. I thought I'd only bought oh. one, but I bought... Oh, one of those Amazon, yeah. yeah. I bought two, and then I bought another one, and, that, and then I bought a new kind of sweeping up one. I've got a lot of brooms. I've got a really nice... Um, recycled washing bowl however it kind of defeats the point when you order two accidentally so amazon sends you two different deliveries so yeah that was stupid um yeah i'm pretty happy too mum good darling i'm glad you're but i know you're happy i am happy i love the place where we live and i keep on being that extra neighbor that's like hello singing down the road to people no i'm not actually singing don't worry like i'm not actually singing down the road but how's your local park darling it's so nice and my daughter is definitely my daughter because she loves to have a chat with strangers just as much as me I don't know when do you tell a three and a half year old that they shouldn't say to everybody that they like their dress straight away yeah straight away that you shouldn't talk to strangers darling that's kind of a crucial parent role okay cool noted um so (laughs) I had some really nice messages from people I've been doing loads of promo for my album and um I was kind of chatting to Australia and a shout out to all the Australians that actually listen there are quite a fair few mum that they're liking the record but they're also really loving the podcast I mean you're an idol over there mum darling so I reckon we should Book in an Australian down under Table Manners special. Let's go, darling. Table Manners Australia. Oh, my God. Just mum, the food there is just the best in the world. Honest to God. Anyway, um, who have we got on today, mum? We've got on a fabulous man who could be considered to be the new Esther Ranson. I hope he knows who Esther Ranson is. He's quite young, no? I don't know how old he is. But he's a comedian. 
He's also a voice of the people, I would say, with his watchdog program. He challenges real swines who are scamming people and acting wrongly in the most funny way. He dresses up in different costumes to challenge them. He's really, really funny. And he's also on The Sewing Bee. I mean, he does a lot. He writes books. He does stand-up. He won an Edinburgh Fringe Festival award as Best Newcomer. Um, He takes on big international corporations. He is funny. And as Grandma would say, in his spare time is a teapot. (laughs) The brilliant Joe Lysett is coming up on Table Manners Special Circumstances. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm just about to do a massive intro for you, Joe. My husband's decided to put the kettle on because he's already not let me go in the living room. I'm just running the water. It's a water. Okay, it's a water. It's hot. Okay, bye. It's go, go, go. Thank you. Joe Lysett, thank you so much for doing Table Manners. What a pleasure. It's so nice to e-meet you. I've been a, a long-time fan, first-time caller, and I'm <laughs> thrilled to be part of the podcast. How are you? You sound like you're quite busy. I mean, you're on the TV a lot at the moment, and then you're also doing voiceovers, and you're doing... I mean, how how is lockdown treating you? Well, I'm actually not that busy, because all of the stuff that's oh. on telly was filmed ages ago. Like Sewing Bee that's going out now, I filmed that last year. Um, oh, okay. There's a series I make for Channel Four, a consumer series. That's all finished. So, the only thing, the, the voiceover thing, is literally just to kind of keep my keep me busy, keep me doing something. Because uh, actually, uh, there's nothing else going on. So you were the voice of Dragon's Den. Well, I, I, there's a new series which is like a kind of a lot of people are making best ofs because they can't make original stuff. So they're making a best of Dragon's Den. And actually, I mean, I haven't watched it for ages, but I watched it in the, the first episode and it's really good. There's so much good stuff in Dragon's Den. I love Den. it. It's, it's such so a good great. show, isn't it? I know. It's so, so it's a fabulous. Sort of, it's sort of, a, a, well, it is a best of. It's I think it's six episodes and it's just the best of. But it is, it's literally just a little gig for me to kind of keep keep my hand in. And So you do you talk when they go up in the lift? Yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, I love it! <laughs> That's exactly And when it. they come down in the lift and they've sold them to fuck off, yes. you say, yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. I um, I sort of l- lament, lament their failures or celebrate yeah. their wins, essentially. Who's your favourite dragon? Oh, oh, what a question. I love Deborah. Deborah is great. She's more of a socialist than I thought, than I thought dragons yeah, she would really be. Is, yeah. yeah, She's kind of very on the side of the people. Yeah, she's very vocal um, yeah. on social media about yeah her sort of, which is good. It's good that she um, promotes that because I imagine a lot of business people are um, are not like that. Well, I know they're not because yeah. I take on quite a lot of them in my TV show and there's some bad eggs out there. <gasps> You're fabulous. I love it. And I love it when you dress up. It's so <laughs> exciting. Do you think, say for the teeth, are you the new Esther Ranson, Joe? I mean, I think including the teeth, Helena. <laughs> do you know who she is? Yeah, I do. So I, I didn't watch That's Life because that was slightly before my time, but that was um, a bit of a kind of inspiration for the producers of the show was uh, That's Life. And we've sort of done a kind of modern, mad version of, of that programme. It's much more fun and more comic. Oh, I mean, I, I only watched the one episode, but yeah, I think it is. I think we've straddled the line well. I mean, it's hard to tell. It's sort of because you, you are taking on serious issues, so you want to take them seriously, but also I've I've watched a couple. But your obsession with that Airbnb bloke, the 
gorgeous, handsome, what was his name? Mr. Lynn. Finn. Finn. Yeah. Finn. Yeah. Was he actually handsome? He was. Well, a bit, yeah. I mean, ish, ish. ish. For mom, a gangster. It's been, it's been a tough, lo- a dry lockdown for my mum. <laughs> yeah. Well, likewise. God, my standards have <laughs> dropped massively. So I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, he, got, he just got a nice chiselled jawline. And that's, yeah. that's all it takes sometimes. <laughs> tell, tell us the story about the Airbnb. So actually, this story we've been developing for two years because we started on it when we made the pilot. And basically, we found that there are a load of people on Airbnb. Uh, in fact, it involves one of your former guests on Table Manners. Um, I know. We, uh, we discovered that lots of what, like high-end properties in London, including, I think, at the, the first time we caught him, uh, he was advertising the most expensive property in London as one of his own. And we contacted the uh, the people that manage the property and they were like we have we don't rent this out we have no contact with this guy but it was all up on airbnb and you could pay him i I mean it was tens of thousands of pounds to stay there for a couple of weeks stay and what he would do is he would persuade you to pay off the platform and then uh and then basically would vanish essentially actually that no that was a different scam he does he's slightly different he would what he would do he is say the that, boiler's broken. He says the boiler's broken. Sorry, I got the, the. There's two different sort of types of scam. He was one where he would say, "Oh, sorry, boiler's broken. Um, we, I'm moving you to a very similar property," and then the similar property would not be similar at all, and a lot uh, less um, lux. And one of the properties that we discovered he was advertising was Ellie Golding's house. So uh, obviously, Ellie Golding. The one in Central London. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Big uh, house, Jess. Big hits, mum. Yeah. <laughs> big hits, big house. <laughs> Jesse knows. Um, so we rented it and uh, then a day before he said, oh, the boiler's gone as per and um, moved us to a different one. And um, yeah. So then then we took it to Airbnb essentially and we, we took our findings to them to their big shiny new headquarters in Dublin. It was good fun. It's a really fun programme to make, but it's so full on. I mean, it's... I find myself particularly wearing costumes. I was sat in a box dressed as Hermes, the Greek god, outside Hermes, the company. And I was there for about two hours because we were waiting for the CEO to arrive in his car. And I was in the box and I thought, I could have just developed a panel show. Why am I in this box? (laughs) You know, I could have just done, oh, what's your favourite person called Chris show? And that would have been so much simpler. You just turn up to a studio. But it's been, I mean... The big talking point that, and this was during lockdown, because I remember you speaking to Amol on um, Radio 2. Oh, yeah. And this, I, I was definitely in lockdown by this point, and he had you on, but it happened maybe a couple of weeks before. You changed your name yeah. by Depol to Hugo Boss, <laughs> but you're now back to being Joe, yeah, aren't I you? Yeah, I am, yes. So for about... Uh, Is that a right pain in the arse or not? Yeah, it's not It's not a, yes. it's not a simple <laughs> process. Um and actually, a lot of the places unfortunately rejected me. My favourite being the DVLA, who said that my signature, which was a cock and balls, was not acceptable. <laughs> so they wouldn't get <laughs> they wouldn't give me a driving license for that reason. Um, so yeah, uh, Hugo Boss was probably the biggest story. I mean, the, the whole series hasn't gone out yet, but it would surprise me if uh, any of the stories got as much press as that did because we weren't expecting that much press. Joe, was it just because you loved Boss beer? Is that how you came? You came across it because... We came across it because they emailed. So there's an email address for the show. Okay. It wasn't that you loved Boss Beer. No, I didn't know who they were. And in fact, I only only tried the beer once we were filming. So I had, um, you know... Any good? Was it worth the fight? It was worth it. It's a beautiful, delicious beer. Okay. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah, nice, crisp beer. And um, yeah, so Hugo Boss basically told them to stop using the word boss. 
which is just so petty. So um, I changed my name by deed poll to Hugo Boss. And then everything sort of... I, I predicted that the Birmingham Mail, who write an article about... Every time I fart, the Birmingham Mail seems to... Because there's nothing else to write about in Birmingham. Is that because you're a Brummie? I'm a Brummie, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. speaking to you from Brum, but I don't have the accent. No, you don't. Went to grammar school. I went to university in Birmingham and my mum was oh, from Birmingham. You? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which part of Birmingham was she from? She was from, oh, Small Heath. Really poor. Oh, poor. yeah. I mean, she's been dead a while, but... Um, well, I mean, it's still it's it's got culturally now Small Heath because J.K. the grime artist from Small Heath, so he talks a lot about um, Small Heath. I lived in Kings Heath. I'm literally speaking to you from Kings Heath. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I that's lived right. above the optician shop. What a small world that you lived in Kings Heath. I love Brum. Yeah, no, well, me too. I'm still here, and I I, I have a, a pad in London, but I just love being in Birmingham. It's um, particularly in lockdown. The pace of everything here is, you know, we. I gather that in some of the cities that I suppose we've been harder hit uh, by the the virus and we've got bigger numbers. But um, yeah, you have. Uh, we are largely sticking to the rules, and if you drive through Birmingham, it's quiet. You know, there's not a lot going on. Whereas I gather in some cities they're just sort of carrying on as normal. From what I've heard, it's sort of just people driving around doing whatever. So I'm proud of Bram. We're doing a lot of. Um, we're quietly getting on with things, which is classic Birmingham, basically. Are you one of a big family? I've got an older sister, and she does have a bit more of a Brummie accent. Is she funny? She is funny, but she doesn't intend to be. She's like, <laughs> uh, she loves a cheese joke. She loves, um, you know, those sort of classic, um, what, what cheese do you use to entice a bear? Come on, bear. You know, those I didn't know that she one. That's those. an excellent... I love that one. That's sophisticated stuff. Yeah. Um, what did the cheese say to itself in the mirror? Hello, me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's my level of humour. Yeah, she loves a cheese joke. Um, but yeah, she's she's adorable. I, I, I love my sister. She's uh, But she's funny in a kind of... Sometimes she doesn't realise why she's been funny. She doesn't know it, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure this is a really annoying question and I'm sure you've been asked it before, but like, who told you you were funny? And when did you... I mean, it, I think being a singer's a weird job. Being a comedian is a weird job too, right? Yeah. Yeah. When do you make that commitment to being like, right, I'm going to bloody make people laugh for the rest of my life. I'm yeah. fucking jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really are committing yourself to being funny, aren't you? I know. God, it's such a burden. Um, <laughs> such pressure. Such a pressure. Don't know how I manage. Um, I, well, this is the thing. I didn't think I was funny at school. I didn't, I didn't remember making an effort to be funny. I remember afterwards, like at university, the first few years of university, of trying to make people laugh at parties and be like the fun, funny one at parties. And that, that side of my personality now, I do stand-up, is almost entirely gone. I'm now quite shy at parties and sort of... <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I don't like a party. I like to sort of have a dinner with friends, but a, a party's too much for me. And... Um, I uh, I don't remember being funny, but I was in. I found my yearbook, and I was nominated as the funniest student. So I must have been doing. F- Did you win? I, I won. Yeah, I was. I was. Okay, you won. Okay, phew. Yeah, God, if I hadn't won, Jesus. Imagine if you were like you got bronze. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to school with Eddie Izzard. He won. Um, no, so um, so yeah, I don't remember at that stage being funny, but I must have been trying. And I, I, I've always been silly and I've never really taken life too seriously. And so I think that kind of often translates into being f- funny, I suppose, just being daft. Do you have any rituals before you go on stage? Um, or did you have any that have changed? You know, uh, do you avoid any particular food? 
So when I started, I couldn't ingest anything. I pre-show the idea of eating or drinking anything seemed um, li- like ridiculous to even try because mm. I just felt like I would vomit it straight back up. And uh, and as as you get better with, I imagine you felt uh, found the same when you first start performing. You're so like thrown about by the nerves of it and. The adrenaline is all new to you and you don't really know what to do with it. And then I just mm. found as the years went on that I learned to channel it a bit more and I could kind of actually, when nerves start to kick in before a show, I really quite like it. It's sort of like, oh, here we go. Something's going to happen. And uh, and I, I quite like that little buzz. Um, so now, I mean, sometimes I'll be on tour and I'll be f- finishing off a, a Wagamama's pot of something or other seconds before I go on does every comedian start with doing stand-up no I mean there's all sorts of um different ways of approaching it there was and is a kind of sense of you have to kind of earn your stripes in the clubs yeah um but actually there's a lot of brilliant people who haven't done that I mean Ricky Gervais is an ex- a, a classic example he never did the clubs particularly as a stand-up and went through the kind of more writing uh you know uh, sitcom route and then annoyingly went to stand up later and was really good at it without having done the clubs so but there is this sort of uh respect that you get from other comics if you've played the comedy store in london on a late show and all of those things that um kind of where you earn you learn to be kind of funny in desperate moments but you know when jesse said i want to do singing I mean, I was very encouraging because I love her voice and I'm very pushy. Yeah. But did your mum and dad, when you said, oh, I'm going to do stand-up, did they say, well, that's a good job? What do, I mean, you know, or I think they were we'd quite... rather have you been a lawyer or a dentist. There was never that. No, mum and dad have always been so supportive and just let me kind of follow my thread, essentially. And um, they've, they've been brilliant. But I, I remember when I said I was going to try stand-up that mum was quite excited by the prospect. And I can't remember what dad's thoughts were on it. I mean, he kind of kept his thoughts kind of quiet at that point but yeah there was no the resistance they weren't like oh you shouldn't do that or that will be hard or whatever it was just like cool go for it what do your mum and dad work uh yeah so they, they've retired now but um my dad was a teacher and my mum worked at Cadbury's so she um of course she, she did yes in Bourneville did that mean you got loads of chocolate oh uh, god I wish Jesse it was um they had a chocolate shop where you could buy kind of dodgy looking cream eggs and that kind of thing misshapes miss misshapes yes yeah. so she's sometimes the odd, box. The okay. odd box which is essentially what all stand-ups are um and i uh, I, re- I remember that there was a rule that they could when they were in the factory they could eat whatever in the factory but they couldn't take it off the premises basically oh, wow God. okay but it was really like cabri old school cabri was a brilliant company because they set up essentially they they were quakers and they set up i mean the whole of bourneville is all built around supporting the workers and looking after their workers and um it was a brilliant company to to work for back in the day then it got bought by Kraft, the horrible cheese company and now it's just like every other company essentially just um global yeah global wankers so when you were growing up your your dad was a teacher and your mum worked in the chocolate factory yeah so what was she a great cook your mum she was a good cook for whatever reason i got a real craving at the start of lockdown for faggots and mash oh wow i've never had faggots oh what are they there's bits in them that you probably wouldn't want to ever look at no a hole is that what your mum used to cook well sometimes yeah i think it was faggots mash and then probably some sort of veggies and we had quite sort of classic 
like British dinners like that. We'd have fish and chips on a Friday. We 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 did a lot of those. It wasn't um, adventurous stuff that we sort of all do now. It was British proper food, shepherd's pie, those kinds of things, and uh, always always delicious. But for whatever reason, that was the food that I needed to comfort me was faggots and mash. And I think it's the, the last time I had something similar was in um, oh, what's that restaurant on? Dean Street is it the Dean, Dean Street St- Townhouse I think it's called that and they do a, a meat and potatoes and it is just like really rich beautifully cooked meat and then mashed potatoes and it's such simple food but oh, it's so good with like a rich gravy I love that sort of thing has your mum been making food for you while you're in lockdown are you cooking for yourself or have you got anyone else cooking for you no I'm home alone cooking for myself and I love it I've really got into it I mean I've always enjoyed cooking and uh, as I say I I much prefer a little dinner party to uh, a a party party and so I when I have the time I love to invite friends around and friends from different groups and mash them together and make some ridiculous dish and um so I've I've been experimenting and I'm doing all the things that everyone's doing. Banana bread, sourdough. Oh, you've made the, your own all sourdough. All the things that we're all doing. Have you got a sourdough starter? Yeah, I've got a starter, baby. Yeah. Oh, Did you wow. start your own start starter? Start and finish. Oh, wow. Well done. <laughs> I want to know what you're cooking. When, you, when you're allowed to be near people and you have people around for your dinner mm. parties, what's been one of your showstoppers um, dishes that you've done? So I make a very, uh, very nice chicken and white bean stew with chorizo and it's really uh it kind of works all year round it's very spanishy but what i love about it is um the chorizo really makes the beans really kind of rich um you use cannellini beans which are a firm favorite of mine and then you you just make the stew very slowly on separately to the chicken then you just roast the chicken quite simply with rosemary and thyme and everything smash it together i mean i'm salivating just thinking about it smash it together (laughs) right at the end and it's just so lovely and so um it works well because it's light but also it's got that kind of hearty feel about it so it could work as a nice autumnal dish and what would you serve it with uh a bit of fresh bread if you you know just to sort of soak up the um and then and then some veggies or whatever but to be honest you don't need much with it because you could roast a few other bits alongside your chicken or you could do some broccoli or something like that some greens are you the type of person that does a starter, a main and a pud, or are you more of a kind of starter main or main and pud? So if me and my friend Caitlin, we haven't done one for ages. We used to do these dinner parties that would, we'd normally cook for about 10 people. Yeah. And we would, uh, we would base them on, we'd find the day of the party and we'd then look on Wikipedia for somebody who would have been 100 years old that day. But it would be someone obscure. So we did like a 100, 100th birthday party for the Austrian, mountaineer Herbert Titchy and uh, because we found that he was uh, that that was the day he was born on and um, then we would do like stuff that was relevant to Herbert Titchy I can't remember what we did on that I remember we did one for a guy called Little Buster Forehand who was a blues musician from New Orleans and we did loads of um you know, stuff like Mama used to make that kind of stuff. So, like, oh my god, you know, amazing! And we did cocktails, and um, everyone was trashed before even the main course, and it was that was great fun. So we've done we've done stuff like that, which is fab. That's a great format for a TV show. I feel like you should yeah. be making that happen. <laughs> I think I've made enough television for one lifetime. I need to lie down. But you're right. You're right. Have you got any new projects coming up? I'm I'm going to keep doing what I've been 
do, like sewing bee and whatever if they'll have me for a little while and then I'm writing more prose stuff actually so more well like sitcommy stuff and and dramery stuff so I'm just sort of seeing where things take me really but I'm finding it quite hard to write in lockdown I spoke to a really good friend of mine who's a writer and I said like I just ideas don't sort of come to me at the minute in the way that they used to and she said Joe we're living through a catastrophe. If you're right, if you're writing your best work, you're a psychopath. And I thought that was so brilliant and so helpful right. because because it's absolutely right that like whatever you're making is good enough right now. It's just because the whole uh, what I'm remembering is the whole reason I got into stand up and the whole reason I got into anything is because uh, making things is so reliably and it could be food it could be jokes it could be painting it could be whatever or music of course it's the most reliable thing that I found to bring me solace and contentment and happiness and uh, god I'm really leaning on it in lockdown and in this time but it's I think that's why everyone's so into baking and everything at the minute because there's something so soothing about just a, creating a thing yeah and particularly if you can eat it oh great <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Do you have good table manners? Uh, I can put them on if required. Yeah, I think he does. Uh, and and generally, yeah, I think so. But um, if I'm eating on my own, it is literally... In front of the telly, it's, shoveling it's a, it in. It's a horror show. It's like <laughs> punching it into my mouth. <laughs> There's no decorum. It's just fistfuls of whatever is in front of me straight on in. When you're on your own, you just let stuff just drool oh. down. You just think, fuck it. <laughs> and the next spoon goes in. Oh, I love it. I love picking apart a chicken as well with your fingers and just shoving bits of chicken in your <laughs> Like Henry VIII or something, that's it. Or like yeah. you're in Game of yes. Thrones. I like yes. it. Yes. Like, and then what, one I was talking to a friend because I, I decided, I normally quite like washing up and I've got to the point of lockdown where I'm, I'm over it because every meal is at home. So there's no like yeah. picking up a pret and you just throw the thing away. It's like every meal you have to wash up afterwards. And I've decided it would be so fun if I, I'd love to be the sort of louche character that just has a, like Kanye for food, I have a new plate for every meal. So I just finish, finish what I've had and then just throw it into the neighbor's garden, just toss the plate. I'd oh, love God, that. the dream, imagine. Yeah. I want to know what your, um, we ask everybody this, you'll know, Death Row Meal or Last Supper. Mm. No, hold on. Last Supper, Death Row Meal or Desert Island Meal. You take your pick. Starter, main, pud and drink of choice. Okay, so I think it would all be uh, stodge. A lot of stodge. There's a starter that they do in a restaurant in Moseley. You'll know Moseley, Helena. Yeah. Um, uh, called Zindia. It's a brilliant restaurant. And actually, if if I'm going to die and I can go to one restaurant, I'll just go there. Cause Is it an Indian restaurant? Indian streetery, basically. So you can have lots of little plates that go on forever. So it would stall the death as well. I could be there all night. <laughs> um but there's a one particular dish they do, which is a samosa char, which is just heaven. What's in it's, it? It's um, 
very beautiful crispy samosa and then the char over the top is um like a chickpea curry essentially but then there's like a sort of yogurty something on top and then some pomegranate seeds at the finish i'm not a big fan of pomegranate seeds so that's the one thing that i don't like about it the rest of it's great so i'd have that as a starter maybe if i can have two starters yeah. alongside it i'd have the they do these little soy ticker bites which are like little chicken ticker bites but they're made with soy and they're actually juicier and more flavorsome than chicken i don't know how they do it there's some sort of vegan wizards but that is delicious then for maine are you going to eat from the same restaurant for your main or are you going somewhere else? Well, the thing is with the thing with that is it wouldn't be one course. It would all just come. Fine. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't have a starter and then a separate main. I'd just go because they also do it's these salmon ticker bites, which are beautiful and these lamb chops. Oh, and they do these um, trio of dosa, which oh, are yeah. like um, these sort of pancakes filled with you can have them with chicken paneer or think it's lamb i think the other one is um, and they come with all these lovely dipping like dals and things mm. um so i'd have a lot of that so are we on are we on to pudding then now yeah i suppose we're on to pudding for pudding i normally i just love a bowl of cereal i think boys do more than girls lots of boys like cereal i do love a bowl of cereal and which, and cereal? which one I, to be honest i'm not that fussy i used to here's here's a ridiculous fact when I went to school, I used to have, uh, before I went to school for my breakfast, I would have six Weetabix and a pint of full fat milk. That was my breakfast. And then I couldn't work out why I was basically shitting through Did the eye of the a needle. Weight, I, weight problem. Yeah, I was so chub. Chubby. Yeah. And, and shitting so much. Like, you know, when you're having that much fibre, it's absolutely absurd how much you're shitting. I uh, would also have um, two Whisper Golds at break time that was before lunch fucking best whisper gold do you remember when they brought them back yeah and they didn't stick around for very long there was a campaign i know there was a campaign and i used to see it when i was pretty high at festivals and they'd have the bring back whisper gold like uh oh i thought i saw it but um but the whisper gold such a great it's a, great it's an it's up there i think it's one of my faves uh, well, I know it's one of my faves. Do they do they not do it anymore? I don't think so. Bloody craft. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, bastards. Because um, it's Cadbury's, isn't it? It's Cadbury Whisper yeah. Gold. So it's cereal and then a whisper. Well, I don't think it... Well, it would have been, but I made in lockdown... Well, a friend of mine made it for me and then I've since made it. It's a vegan chocolate brownie that's made with chia, ground chia and miso oh yeah loads of sugar goes into it but the miso so this is it i made some for mum and dad and took them to them and mum loved them because they're really rich and dad hated them because they're really rich but the miso gives a sort of caramel salty flavor to it and then you've got the richness of the dark chocolate and then so much light brown sugar goes into it it's absolutely a heart attack but it's so gooey because of the chia it's got that lovely texture and then when you cook it it just sort of crisps the top up it's one of the most glorious and i made a big block of it and other than the stuff that i sent to mum and dad i ate it all in about three days which is why in lockdown i've put on just under a stone i think everybody has thank you sourdough thank you brownies <laughs> you look gorgeous have you had your lunch yet i haven't i had a i had a quite a big breakfast i did a big frittata Oh, yeah. So I will... Um, what was oh, in the frittata? Really got... What was in it? Sausage. Uh, not gruyere. Manchego. Mushroom. Onion. 
and a little bit of um, sun-dried tomato. Oh, nice. Mm. Wow. It was really nice, actually, yeah. And I, and I managed to get it just that little gooey bit in the middle. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's the key with a... You don't overcook it. You just allow just a little bit of the egg to kind of ooze a bit when you could cut into it. Mm. Joe, do you ever do karaoke? Yeah, I do. What's your karaoke song? Uh, it's Lose Yourself by Eminem. Ooh. Because I don't know off by heart the first and second verse, but I do know off by heart, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, the third verse. And so... You start off and you're kind of reading the screen and everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, you can rap a bit, whatever. And then suddenly on the third verse, you go off screen. You're like, no more games, I'm going to change what you call rage. Tear this motherfucking roof off, like two nerds cage. And people go, oh my God, like people lose their mind because they think think that you actually knew it all along, but I didn't. I just know that little bit. I like the performance. I like that, that, the jeopardy in that. We haven't had anybody that provides such jeopardy in a karaoke song. (laughs) Um, But that's brilliant. I just um I wanted to know because you 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 live in London sometimes but you're in Birmingham at the moment. So where do you like to go yeah. out when you're in London? Um and are there any food places that you kind of adore? So I think the best restaurant in the world is a restaurant called 40 Maltby Street which is uh in the in, under an archway near Bermondsey basically. It's um uh it started out as a wine they just sold natural wines and they they are a great champion of biodynamic wine which is mad Mm. when you actually look into how it's made it does sound like total madness it's to do with you have to bury an ox's head certain the skull of an ox certain depth beneath the grapes and they harvest based on moon cycles and it sounds like a kind of cult thing but whatever they do does produce a very distinct what they call of the farm sort of smell and very um simple um crisp flavor essentially and it's the uh, if any bottle of biodynamic wine is pretty much delicious if it's um if it's well done and um they do a lot of them there's a there's a brilliant winemaker called Jerome Jurey who I would great name die for a bottle of is a brilliant name um he does some lovely wines and they but they so they started as doing just like they had like a, a, a ham that they'd have on the side and then maybe some cheese or whatever and then it started to develop and now it's a different uh, different menu every and they're not open all the time they're only open on Saturdays Wednesdays and Fridays I think it's a different based on what they found essentially what they've got um, that's sort of come to them uh, that's inspired them but they normally do something like a fish and then they normally do something quite sort of um, fresh like a nice salad and then there'll be something sort of I right so I've moved to southeast London oh and they're doing they're doing bloody deliveries Maltby Street are 40 Maltby Street well it looks like we have asparagus and cheddar tarts and glazed pork collar ham available for collection today you fucking changed my life Joe this is amazing and it will be it'll be delicious Jesse honestly but the atmosphere there is so good we I would go there if I was gigging in London I would go there for lunch and I would basically stay there drinking wine with friends for as long as I could and then I would go and do a very drunken show in the evening really took my career seriously at that point (laughs) um and um yeah they they were happy days but it's a lovely atmosphere in there beautiful wine great food you will not regret whatever they're selling will be delicious I'm gonna I'm when lockdown finishes and you're in London please will you ring me up and tell me and we can go together yes I would we can spend 48 hours together if you want to Mm. and we could just chat and you can 
teach me about biodynamic wine. I'd really like that. I Jessica, would. you're a married woman. <laughs> Purely a alcohol friendship and culinary yes, friendship. Yes, a I culinary just really friendship. Love. Wow. You seem like you know everything about wine and good spots. So you my kind of guy. Well, I, I, I've been very fortunate that friends of mine are very good at finding the best places. And then I just follow them. Um, so I kind of, yeah, um, it's not, I, I'm not the one that's sort of going through the magazines reading about all you know, the, the papers we're finding these places. I just say where we're going today and, and I don't, I don't choose. But the Maltby, Mal, Maltby Street has, I've been to a lot of really nice restaurants and I've been really fortunate that I've eaten well over my life and I've never found anywhere better than, than there. It's my top. Oh, wow. Let's go. Great. Don't you owe me a Mother's Day present, Jess? Oh, there what? we go. All right, Mum. And Christmas. <laughs> Okay, you're going to have a long time in Maltby Street. Uh, the other thing that... How long is this that... lockdown going on for? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the line's gone. Oh, okay. um, they have a, a, fi- a street market there as well on a Saturday and Sunday. Because yes. um, we filmed Sewing Bee around the corner from there, which was such hell because there's such long days that every lunchtime I'd be so tempted to go around the corner and just have a glass of wine in Maltby Street. And um, I couldn't because... Do you know, I really want a glass of wine Me now. too. You've really... Uh... Have one. You've really kind of. I'm going to. I think. I'm going to have a. When this finishes, I'm going to have a, a crisp cold beer. That's what I'm going to have in the sunshine. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it is finished, and it's been such a pleasure to meet you, and chat. Likewise, I'm a fan, so I'm really. I was so thrilled to be asked. And oh. what a delight it's been. I'd like to come to your stand-up, though. Yes, well, you'd be so welcome. Do you think you'll ever do stand-up again? God, I hope so. The, I, I'm going to start by doing little gigs, because that's my favourite thing. Oh, I'd like a little well, gig. Well, well, come along to a little gig. And I won't heckle, I promise. <laughs> I love a heckler, so let's see who wins. He was lovely. Oh, I really loved him. A bit in love now. Yeah, I knew you were. You were really trying to like pull out all the Brummy uh, references. <laughs> really trying to seduce him with your Brum knowledge. Jesus, Mum, chill out. Connect, darling. Just connect in the best way I knew how. I'd like 48 hours with Joe. What a wonderful guy. He was lovely. He's a foodie boy. Oof. And a wino. What else would you want in a man? Yeah, imagine being locked down with Joe. And he's funny. Yeah. Why isn't he married already, for God's sake? Don't know. It was um, such a pleasure to have Joe Lysett on. I mean, there's so plenty more we could have talked about with his ever-evolving career of kind of just doing everything. So clever, Jesse. I know. And thoughtful and, and really interesting. And kind of matured. He kind of seemed older than his years. So I was surprised. He reminded me of Chris Sweeney a bit too. Yeah. What a joy. You can catch Joe Dyset on The Sewing Bee at the moment and you'll be able to hear him in your ears for The Dragon's Den. And also Joe Lysett's Got Your Back is on TV at the moment. Um, What a guy. Loved it. And I'm going to go and have a drink now, I think. I was supposed to be having a few more days off. I was supposed to not drink till Friday. It's Friday tomorrow. That's okay. Have you not drunk all week? No. I think we finished off some rosé on Monday that needed to be finished off, you know. Darling. Yeah. I'm very excited. Why, Mum? Because you know how I love to hear you sing. (laughs) Yes. And the tour is happening next year. 
Finally. I'm coming on tour with you, darling. You're absolutely not. I've tried to get tickets. They're not out yet, Mum. They come out this Friday on my website, jessieware.com. What time? It's an early one for you, Mum. It's 10 o'clock. Darling, that's not early. 10 o'clock, jessieware.com. You can go and get my tickets for my UK tour for my new album. Thank you to everyone who is listening to this podcast. We love making it for you and we haven't asked for a while. So please, if you fancy subscribing or rating us, um, you know how it goes. We only accept five stars. Um, And just review us. Um, We'd love to get your feedback. Well, one of us would. As long as it's nice. There we go. Otherwise, it will make me cry. And that would not be nice. No, it it won't make her cry. It will make her aggressive. And then Alice and I will have to hear about it. So please, just do positive notes. Or, you know, constructive criticism. If you like us a little bit, then you could give us a vote at the British Podcast Awards. Please go to the BritishPodcastAwards.com and vote for your favourite podcast, Table Manners, which you'll find on the Listener's Choice Awards. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Joe Lysett. Thank you to Mother. And uh, bye, everyone. music you've heard on table manners is by peter duffy and pete fraser table manners is produced by alice williams